Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm your host, John Green. Welcome back to our look at this woman, extraordinary woman, is the only way to say it, named Ruth, who is a Moabite, who who is the great-grandmother of uh, David. And so without Ruth, we don't have David. Without David, we don't have the Messiah, Jesus, who is in his line. So where we left off yesterday was is that that Ruth and her, um, presumed by Judaism at least, uh, sister Orpah, had married these two men who's, who were from Bethlehem in Judah. And those two men have died. The mother of those two men, because her husband has also died, has determined that she's going to go back to Bethlehem, back to her people. Ruth and Orpah begin to follow her out of there. She does everything she can to discourage them. She's successful in discouraging Orpah, who kisses her mother-in-law and goes back. But the last thing we read yesterday was that Ruth clung to Naomi. And she said, she, Naomi said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. There's no reason for you to come. Go back to your gods as well as your people. But Ruth said, don't urge me to leave you or return from following you. From where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. That's like almost wedding, marriage kind of language. She is so deeply cleaving to her mother-in-law that she says, you know, your future is my future. She has seen something in this woman and in her God, in spite of the fact there's nothing good to see. They've come because of famine. All the men have died. You'd think she would look and go, you know what, I think I might really actually want to go back to my God because yours doesn't seem all that good. You've become not pleasant anymore. You're bitter. But but that's not it. Ruth sees something. And she decides, no, 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 where you go, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. I'm leaving everything familiar to me behind, everything I've ever known in my life, everything that I've ever believed in my life, I'm leaving it behind, I'm tossing it aside, and I'm throwing in my lot with you, your people, and your God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more, if anything but death parts me from you. Well, that, again, sounds very much like vows that we take in a wedding ceremony. And when Naomi saw, she was determined to go with her. She didn't say anything else. So then they go back. They go back to Bethlehem. They come in there, and the women are happy to see her. They were stirred because of them. The women said, isn't this Naomi? And she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. I was full when I left here. I had a husband and two sons. I'm coming back with this Moabite woman. She said, why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Lord has brought calamity upon me? So she's accepting we did something wrong. The Lord's testified against me and brought calamity on me. She's saying in that the Lord has judged me and and it hasn't gone well. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her. She returned from the country of Moab and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So they left at time of famine and now they come back right at the beginning of the barley harvest. And then we're going to get this story and the story of Ruth and a man named Boaz who ultimately become her husband. There's a lot involved in this story. Um, and we're not going to go through every single one of it, but, but what happens is they come back, and there was a relative of, of Naomi's husband, Elimelech, who, who we're told is a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech. 
He's a good man. A worthy man means that this is a guy that, that's a good guy. So his name was Boaz, and Ruth, the Moabite. It's interesting that, that the writer continues to go back and, and remind us, Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. Let me go find some guy who owns some property so that I can glean there in his, on his property. What does that mean? It means that whatever is dropped by the, there's, there's all kinds of agricultural laws in Judaism, and it's all biblical. And, and that means the things that, that are left behind. So if, if you go through reaping and you miss some stuff, then they can pick it up. There's also, you're not allowed to, to reap the corners of the fields. So the, these people can come and glean in the corners of the fields. So they're, they're basically getting the scraps. If you think back to the Syrophoenician woman, and, and when Jesus says that you don't take the children's bread and give it to the dogs, what is her response? Even the dogs get to eat the crumbs under the table. Well, that's what this is looking like. That's what gleaning is. You're getting the crumbs under the table. The things that the kids didn't eat, the things that the kids dropped, that's what that's what you, you can get. The Syrophoenician woman says, hey, there's always a provision for those who don't have anything. That, I, I know your law well enough to know that. And so that's exactly what Ruth's asking for here. She said, let me go find a man who will let me glean in his fields. Let me go find, what, what does she say, in whose sight I shall find favor. I expect that she's, she knows something about these agricultural laws, but they're more than agricultural laws. They're, they're laws about how do you treat the poor? How do you treat the things that you own? You know, you tithe, but then you also do this. If you have fields, if you have produce, then you leave some for others. So that's part of the way God took care of poverty in those times. But you had to go work for it. Nobody just turned around and handed it to you. You had to go get it. And so you had to make the effort to do this. God made provision that you wouldn't starve. He made provision that this would be the case. And so righteous men who owned things like this, that they would, you, you want to find a righteous man to do this because they're probably going to leave a little more. They're going to treat you well. It shows your concern for other people. So as the Syrophoenician woman says, hey, I'm not asking for food here. I'm just asking for crumbs. She's making an incredible statement about who she believes Jesus is and what he's able to do. She's desperate to have her daughter healed, but she sees in the grand scheme of things, as far as Jesus is concerned, it's like crumbs under the table. And here, that's what Ruth's looking for. She says, I understand the way things work around here. She's obviously learning something about Judaism. And so she says, I know I can go do this. Let me go glean. And Naomi said, go ahead. So she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field that belonged to Boaz, who was part of the clan of Elimelech. And we've been told before, he's not just a part of the clan, he's a worthy man of the clan. And then behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. He's a good man. That's a good way to greet people, right? The Lord be with you. Hey, how's it going? No. Mm. The Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Sounds a lot like a liturgical worship service, actually. The Lord be with you and also with you. But, but his people are responding to him. The Lord bless you. He, that's telling us something more about the character of Boaz by the way they respond to him. Then Boaz said to the young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? I don't know her. And the servant who was in charge of the reaper says she's the young Moabite woman. Here we go again. She's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. 
If you didn't get it the first time when I said she was a Moabite woman, now you hear it the second time. She came back from Moab with Naomi. There's an implied criticism there. It's, it's not a good thing to be defined as Ruth the Moabite, a young Moabite woman from the country of Moab. None of that's good. Hint, hint, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like when the guy says this. Oh, could have been the response. Huh, really? An immoral woman. She said, the man, the boy says, let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she's continued from early morning till now, except for a short rest. In other words, she's worked. She stayed after it, man. She, she has worked the whole time she's been here, except for a short rest. She's been working since she got here from early morning until now. And then Boaz goes directly to Ruth here. It's an unusual thing for a man to go single out a woman like this. I mean, they would probably say, well, she must have been a pretty beautiful woman. But she also was been a woman who, who, who had won respect by the way she cared for her mother-in-law in the same way that Naomi said that you kept faith with the dead. So, so Boaz goes and says, listen, my daughter, don't go glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they're reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? Being as you're a Moabite. <laughs> so otherwise, that they would hey, maybe she's fair game. She's a Moabite woman. She's not married. She's all this. He, he says, no, stay here. Don't go somewhere else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your protector. And I'm going to make sure that you have enough. And I want you to stay here. Keep close to my young women. Don't, don't wander off. Stay near them. You'll be safe in this way. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. In other words, keep your eyes in the right place. Just track along here. I, I've told the young men not to touch you. And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. In other words, I'm not going to treat you like an outsider. I'm going to treat you like one of my own young women. We're bringing you into the clan. We're adopting you in many ways is what's going on here. It's similar to when Jesus in John chapter 4 is at the well with a Samaritan woman, and she says, who in the world do you think you are asking you, a Jew, asking me, a Samaritan, for something to drink? And then we're told that they don't share vessels or drink out of things that other people have drunk from. The same prejudice would have been here against this Moabite woman. But Boaz breaks through all that. It says, no, 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 because of who you are and what I've heard about you, I'm bringing you in, and we're not going to treat you that way. We're going to treat you like one of our own. It is a wonderful, just a marvelous thing that this man's doing here. It shows everything in the world about his character, the way his men relate to him, the way now he goes and relates to Ruth and the provision that he makes for her, but he's not even done. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground. Oh, my goodness. I mean, can you just see this scene, right? This woman, she is desperate, and she's worked all day, and she has no earthly idea how this is going to go when this guy comes over to her, and then he says these sweet, kind things to her, and he treats her like one of his own. And she's already said, let me go out and, 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 and glean in the fields of a man who's maybe, maybe I will find favor in his sight. And here she has found favor in his sight. She falls to her knees when he tells us this, falls on her face to the ground, bowing to the ground, says to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? You don't have to do this. You don't have to treat me the way you are. You have to treat other Jews this way, but you don't have to treat me this way. What is it that caused me to find favor in your eyes that you would be so kind to me, that you would treat me like one of your own, like I were part of the tribe? And he says, 
All you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and you came to a people that you didn't know before. The Lord repay you for what you've done and a full reward given you by the be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to take refuge. What a beautiful thing. He says, look, I know all about you. I know all about your character. And, and you don't fit the Moabite mold. Because one of the other things that Moabites were, were considered not to be was hospitable people. And so the fact that she has left everything behind and come to follow her mother-in-law back to the place where she's from, left behind her people and her God, has come to the attention of Boaz, and he said, I respect you. He didn't say, you found favor in my sight because, Dad Gum, you're a beautiful woman. No, he says, I respect you. That is not something a Jew, a Jewish man would say to a Moabite woman. I respect you. And that's what he said. And then he, he's asked the Lord to repay you for what you've done and a full reward given be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And that reminds me so much of the Psalms beneath the shadow of his wings. And that's exactly where that comes from, is this statement here that Boaz makes. It's a beautiful, beautiful image. And the first person over whom we see it spoken is this Moabite woman who has come with her mother-in-law to the people of Israel to submit herself to the God of Israel. It's a wonderful thing. This is a glorious moment between these two people. And it's all under the wings of God that she's come to take refuge. And it's because she has done this that she has been beatified in his eyes. He sees not some Moabite woman who happens to be of extraordinary beauty. No, he sees a woman whose beauty is enhanced by the respect that he has for her because of what she's done and who she has proven herself to be. Then she said, I've found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. You can almost see in that the echoes of the prodigal son as well, right? You know, I I came back and I wanted to submit myself to my father, and and I just wanted to be treated like one of his servants. But no, he didn't do that. He didn't stop there. He, He said, no, 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 you're my son. And he raised him up. And he restored status to him. And here Boaz has done the same for this Moabite woman, Ruth. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and have some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed the roasted grain to her and she ate till she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, I mean, so she had plenty. That's what that means, that she didn't lack anything. There was enough and then some. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Hey, let her glean even among the sheaves, and don't reproach her. In other words, they've already bundled this stuff up. And if it was loose and outside the sheaves, then then you could actually glean that. That's part of the law, is that if the bundle wasn't tight and the stuff came out of it, then, then you could take that because it was considered you didn't do your job properly, and so that's there for them. He says, let her do that. And don't reproach her. I mean, he's drawing her intimately into his life, intimately into the life of Israel. And also, he says, pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and don't rebuke her. In other words, intentionally take stuff out and put it over there and make sure Ruth can get it. You can see this sort of surreptitious thing, and you can see Boaz telling these people that. And then you just have to wonder, what do these men think? 
What do they think? Why? What's his motivation for this? Why is he doing this? But, but he has treated her increasingly like part of the family. He said these things to her. And then he's taken her in further and says, you don't have to sit over there. This is, again, it's like one of Jesus' parables about how to, how to deal with things when you go to a banquet. Don't take the chief seat. No, no, sit over there and then be brought up, lest somebody more important comes and you be told, no, you got to go down the line. Here, she's sitting apart, and Boaz says, you come here. Come on. You don't have to sit over there. You're not an outsider. You're an insider. I'm not going to treat you like a Moabite, nor am I going to treat you like a poor person. No, you come here. You be part of the family. And then goes to his men and says, hey, make sure she has more than enough. In the same way that she had more than enough for lunch, now what he says is make sure she's got more than enough when she goes home tonight too. So she gleaned in the field until evening. So we know she was there from early morning until evening. She beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. It's a fair bit of barley. This is not what you would expect from a day's gleaning. So she has beaten it out, which means that she has extracted the kernel from the, uh, from the chaff and, and takes it up and goes into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left her after being satisfied. Remember that? At lunch, she had some left over. What'd she do with it? She took it to Naomi. What a woman. She is a woman of extraordinary character. We see this just again and again and again. These little details that that the there's so much packed into the book of Ruth. It's absolutely unbelievable. Her mother-in-law said to her, "Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you." So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, "The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz." And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, "May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living of the dead." In other words, what she's saying is, is that, that he did this at least because in the same way that you loved the living and the dead, so does Boaz. They're two of a kind. That's what she's saying. Because this is exactly what she said about Naomi in chapter, or about um, Ruth in chapter 1. Now she's saying it about Boaz. You got, you, y'all are two of a kind. You have loving kindness towards the living and the dead. He, he respects my, my husband and also the two boys in the same way that you did, and also respects and loves me. Y'all are two of a kind. You belong together. And Ruth the Moabite, here we go again. Ruth the Moabite (laughs) said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close to my young men until they've finished all my harvest. In other words, that wasn't one day's work. He says, you keep coming day after day after day, and you stay right here with these guys. This is what life's going to look like for you over the next little period of time. You you be here, and and there's going to be plenty for you and Naomi every single day. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, there it's just she's no longer Ruth the Moabite here it's Naomi said to Ruth her daughter-in-law it's good my daughter that you go out with this young women with his young women lest in another field you be assaulted because you're a Moabite Um, and that's that's the implication that that if if she were a Jew nobody would assault her but because she's a Moabite it might not go so well with her so she kept close to the young women of Boaz gleaning until the end of the barley and the wheat harvests so two different harvests, she stays with her, and she lived with her mother-in-law. In other words, she's a faithful woman. She's an extraordinary woman of valor. She is clearly a Proverbs 31 woman. Everything about this woman is respectable. And somebody we should look at and, and lift high on a pedestal. That's what the book of Ruth is doing. It's lifting this Moabite woman up and saying, you know what? She's not just this Moabite convert. She is an exemplar of what it means to be a child 
of Yahweh. She is an example of what a true Israelite looks like, even though she was born a Moabite. And that's what we're being told about this woman. We'll, we'll follow up a little bit more tomorrow.